Greetings and welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. My name is Mike Householder. I'm your host and I'm joined as always by Emily Langpaul. Hello. How are you today, Emily? I'm great. How are you? Great. And I'm really excited. Look who we have as our guest. Yes. Uh, is this awesome or what? Will you introduce our guest, please? I will. We have two great guys with us today. Khalil Carter leads our Hope Sports Ministry here and Lance Farrell, guru of Farrell's Extreme Body Shaping. Hello, guys. Hello, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thanks, for having thanks, us. thanks for being here. I'm really glad you guys are here. It's it's good to be surrounded by people who are real athletes. <laughs> that, that's really nice because today we are here to talk about faith and fitness, specifically in the midst of of this crisis, this this uh, COVID nineteen pandemic that we're in the in the middle of. Yeah, uh, and uh, we wanna we wanna get rolling. We've got a, kind of an icebreaker question, Emily. What's your yes. icebreaker today? Let's go over your your highest achievement in your athletic career or your highlight to yourself. Hi- hi- highlight to yourself in, in, in your athletic endeavors. You guys have actual real ones yeah. um, that, are, that are pretty impressive. So uh-huh. you, either one, Lance or Khalil, jump in. Well, I, um, as a walk-on in college, I played indoor football to begin my career. And I was one of the first players, if not the first player, to ever make it uh, to the NFL out of a league or a team like the Barnstormers. I mean, I was making $250 a, a game, wow. and then I got a two-year deal from the Buffalo Bills. So that was a lot of hard work, and in the end, a lot of faith to get me to that point. And uh, I'm really pleased and proud of that accomplishment, even though I don't think I did much. Uh, I think that God had it predetermined for me to be there at some point, and that was an amazing achievement. So before we get into the deeper stuff, I've always wondered, and you have a perspective on this unlike very few others do. What is the difference between arena league football and wide open regular American football like we see on Sundays in the fall? Yeah, I think um, the number one thing you would think of is run game. Um, Other than a number of players that are on a field at a particular time, uh, I think it's eight in arena football. And then there is, of course, 11 men in NFL or college. And then, of course, 12 in the Canadian Football League, number of players with a run game. Uh, in the outdoor game, there is so much of a commitment to the run game. First down, second down, or really big rundowns. Uh, third down will be a pass down. In the arena football, it is a passing league. And so you may see 50 attempts. You may see 10 touchdown passes uh, from the better players in that league on a regular basis. I know I've been on both ends of that. Uh, and I think a lot of the quarterbacks have the ability to play outdoors, whereas the running backs from outdoor game don't really fit into the indoor game. Right. And then you mentioned Canada, the Canadian Football League. There's 12 players on each side. I'd forgotten that. And do they still do three downs instead of four uh, for a first down? Yes, they do. It is three downs. So you're you're punting uh, on second down most times. So I'm sorry, on third down after two downs. So you might run one past one or some conjunction of the two. Wow. It's a really unique league. Other than the, the rules in that league, it is very close to 11-man football, but the 12-man, and also there's a yard of space between the offensive line and the defensive line. Oh, that's right. There's the gap, right? Like the, uh, like yes. Dallas used to have that flex defense, right, where they'd sit back. But in Canada, it's the rule. You, you had to do that. <laughs> Crazy. You, you didn't just play in college and arena ball and NFL, but you played in Canada, and then you coached in Canada too, right? Yes. Yeah. I spent three years in Calgary and I was under contract for two years in Montreal. I played for 10 and I, I can I can tell you it was very similar experience from both uh, vantage points. 
one, you're, you're for the team. The other one, you are the team. And so uh, I just enjoyed the experience overall. Wow. That's great. Yeah, cool. How about you, Lance? Athletic highlight of, of your life so far. Before I say anything, I would just like to preframe this, that the older I get, the better I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that true for um, all of us? <laughs> so I was, I was fortunate enough to win uh, collegiate gold in the uh, National Taekwondo Championships in 1984. Wow. Then I went on and competed nationally every year since uh, in the overall national competition. For the, it was the, the division that went towards the Olympic teams. That was my goal to make the Olympics. Uh, didn't make the Olympics, but in 1989, I won a silver in the U.S. Olympic Sports Festival. Then in 91, I got a bronze Olympic Sports Festival. And my claim to fame is losing the team trials to Herb Perez, uh, who got a gold in the 1992 Olympics. And wow. we fought twice in the team trials, and he won the last one by decision. So I feel pretty good about that. Oh, wow. I didn't make the team, but I got beat by somebody who was pretty good. Man, Lance, that's so much closer to the Olympics than... I will ever be. I mean, that, that's incredible. And now, and now, Lance, you uh, you you live in Des Moines. You grew up in Iowa, right? I did. I was born in Des Moines, Broadlands Hospital, and then uh, grew up on in a little town of Guthrie Center, Iowa. Then moved to a farm when I was about twelve years old, huh. and so that's when my fitness career kind of started is doing the farmer, which I didn't know, but that's hard work. So you develop yeah. some muscles when you're a little kid, right? Yeah. But, and now you're the owner of Farrell's Extreme Body Shaping, right? And uh, how, how many different fitness centers or gyms do you have? We currently have 68 locations in 13 states. And we started in Iowa and grown organically. And we just threw the net out to start growing a little more non-organic to teach people how to do this. Um, really base our whole program on results, helping people get good results with their fitness, losing body fat. And we've been blessed to be able to do that. Well, one of your students is sitting across the table six yes. feet away from me, socially distanced, right, yes, Emily? Yes, go to Farrell. Yes. yes, and and, and I love yes. it. Right. You're, yeah. you're like, uh, you, you testify about yeah. how good it is all the time. Yeah. It, uh, yes, we have a bunch of staff who do. Yeah, and I think that's probably because you invited them, right? Yeah, got, it, got them the whole community. Yeah, she, she's a Farrell's evangelist. I just uh-huh. want you to know. Uh, no doubt about it. We appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much, Emily. Uh, Mike, I'd like to ask you the question. Highlight of your athletic career. Oh, there's yes. so many. It's just going to be really hard uh, to, to land on that. Um, gosh, in fifth grade. <laughs> uh-huh. we actually, we had a really good basketball team in fifth grade uh, that I was on, and that was really fun. We won a city championship, but that wasn't it. it I got to play basketball through college. It was really fun, but for me, it was, it was high school basketball that was mm-hmm. the highlight. Because I got to play at a school called Taft High School, which is a public high school on the north side of the city. And there were 63 public high schools in Chicago at the time and Mm. some really good basketball players. Um, I got to guard Isaiah Thomas Thomas once. I, I feel like I helped his career. Uh, you know, by, by helping build his confidence, uh, wasn't able to stop him at all. Uh, and one game, uh, I don't know, all the magic just sort of lined up and God decided to open the heavens and bless me and, 
and I, I did okay. I had 29 points in that game, and I still I, – I, I know that I'm not exaggerating because I still can see the box score that was 29 <laughs> points. It was unconscious, and then I went back to normal after that. But So, so yeah, the highlight of my athletic career is high school, uh-huh. and you guys are professional or uh-huh. almost Olympics, and uh-huh. and you've done – is Farrell's your highlight, or is there something else? There's got to yeah. mm, – There doesn't have to be something else. <laughs> I went out for volleyball my freshman year of high school. I was still afraid of the ball. I got put on Team F, as in Frank, and it was by ability <laughs> for good reason. Good for you, though, yeah. for, for participating, uh-huh. right? For, for jumping in there. I recognized it wasn't for me. Oh, that's yeah. great. You know, here's, here's the other reason I'm really excited to have you guys on, because every single episode at this point of the episode, Khalil makes an appearance. Yeah. Uh, a recorded appearance. <laughs> yeah. But it is Khalil Carter who is our two minute drill guy. So it is time. Khalil, why don't you tell us? It's time. Two minute drill. Two minute drill. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. You see, it's your coaching expertise from the Canadian Football League. You uh-huh. just you just you just like inspire us to ask these questions. Yeah. <laughs> Emily's got some good ones for you guys. Hit well, us. Well, the first one, what Tell us more about your sports and fitness story and how it all began for you. So I'm going to piggyback on what Khalil said um, earlier, his football career. My goal was to walk on Iowa State University, and my last high school football game, I blew my knee out. So Mm. instead of doing football, I had to do something else. I got into martial arts. So, you know, they say, you know, hurt yourself. It's a bad deal. I thought my life was over because I couldn't play football, but actually it was a new beginning for me in martial arts. Huh. Um, then, you know, ISU martial arts, I mentioned competing, trying to make the national team, Olympic team. And then uh, in 1998, we actually opened in Des Moines in 1989. In 98, started doing kickboxing. Billy Blanks was promoting his Taibo videos. And uh, women were calling saying, hey, we want to do kickboxing. So we started a kickboxing program. In 2000, read the book Body for Life by Bill Phillips. Mm. Took what bodybuilders know, made it so the average person could do it, have success losing body fat. So in 2001, we started our World Stream Body Shaping based on the book Body for Life. And the results, have, like I mentioned, they've been phenomenal. But uh, yeah, uh, grew organically from the very beginning there. And look, I got through with like a minute. How'd I do it? <laughs> you're, you're right on well, the two-minute drill. How about, how about you, Cleo? Yeah, you know, I grew up in a pretty tumultuous environment growing up uh, in inner city Washington, D.C., and then in Little Rock, Arkansas, when the uh, beginning of gang violence hit that area. And Hmm. uh, my faith had always been a shield for me. Uh, Football had also become a safeguard for me because I was not at home. I wasn't in my neighborhoods. I was away from those dangerous environments. I didn't have a father in the home, so my coaches became father figures for me. Uh, And that really instilled a faith in me early that... It was bigger than me. Uh, I never expected to be in the NFL. I never expected to be uh, professional. I just loved the game. Uh, I, I probably could see myself coaching maybe at some point because I approached the game academically. Um, but my faith is really what was the driving force for me to believe in the end that I could actually get there um, after some really tough trials and tribulations in my life. And so my faith has always been about uh something more than myself. And then I got to see that firsthand through sports and it really created the person you see today. Someone who loves God, but can't turn the TV off when the sports is on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you just described me too. That's, that's awesome. I I can relate. Second question. What does Christian faith have to do with fitness and physical health? Lance, we'll start with you. 
All right, yeah, so uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 says, Do you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought in Christ. Therefore, honor your bodies. Honor, your, honor God with your bodies. This is kind of important, you know. I think some people will get something free and they don't really honor it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I bought an old... 1974 Dodge Charger when I was a kid, I paid for it the money that I earned. I was washing that car, I was waxing, I was fixing, I was working on it. I really respected it because I had to pay for it. Sometimes we take for granted our own bodies because they didn't cost us anything that we know of, but they cost us a lot. And we have part of God living in us. It's unbelievable. So we need to respect our bodies. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. Definitely that path, that uh, scripture comes to mind for me as well. Something that I took it uh, took to heart when I was playing. I mean, my body was a temple uh, even alcohol, you know, for the most part of my career was not even allowed. Um, Proverbs 3, 7 comes up to mind to me is, you know, it says talk about not being oppressed with your own wisdom, but instead to fear the Lord or have reverence in the Lord and turn away from evil, sin and flesh and those things that will taint your body and spirit. And this says, then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Uh, and so that's kind of how I looked at it. I, I knew what wasn't good for me and in wisdom and obedience you stay away from those things. Now, I love fast food. I love hamburgers. Uh, and so I was a little guilty of that. But I believe that, you know, when fitness and spirituality come together, it is out of reverence and respect for God's commandment of the body being a temple. I think it's so important to be obedient to what we know the Bible says for you to do. I mean, it talks about not eating pork and things of that nature. Um, but I really think that in moderation makes a lot of sense. And I think obedience is the number one way to go. Yeah, no, that's that's really well said. What what are some of the things? Well, there goes our bell. We'll catch up on that part later. I'll follow up later. Okay. Uh, next question. What can we do to stay or even get in shape when we can't get to the gym right now? Yeah, if your body's a temple, how do you how do you worship? <laughs> so I like when people come to the gym, but they can't right now, right? So what do you do? You know, go out and run. Go out and walk. If you don't have the knees or the hips to, to run, then walking actually gives you the same um, muscle strength building as running. It's just not the cardiovascular. So walking is great. Then I challenge people that do this. I say, listen, do as many push-ups as you can do in a minute or whatever it is. Then turn over and do as many sit-ups as you can and do three sets like that. So you're doing one more than you think you can. You go back and forth with three sets. It takes you less than 10 minutes and it's a heck of a workout. And working those chest muscles, arms, triceps, you're getting it all. And working your core with your abs, that's my suggestion on working out. If you can't get out, is just do that. And then stretch when you're done because stretching helps with your flexibility, helps with the lactic acid out of your muscles. Mm. It's a very healthy thing to do, and you just feel better when you stretch. Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Body weight exercises are the primary way to stay in shape when you can't get to the gym. It's really a great way to, to condition yourself and discipline yourself because people want to go to the gym and have someone, a trainer, help them or to, to, to pace them through a workout. Well, you learn to do that on your own, and that amount of accountability is what it takes to lose weight or build muscle uh, endurance or strength as well. I also say that you can use household items around your your house for weights. Um, I picked up a couple of big things of Crisco oil, and I was doing curls with those body weight exercises like squats. Um, getting bands of all sorts, band work is great around your legs, around your arms, around your waist. Uh, sit-ups and push-ups, like Lance said, 
um, but really being disciplined enough to say, today I'm going to do upper body. Tomorrow I'm going to be lower body. Here are five to seven great exercises, high repetition, low repetition, heavy as you can get it, light as you can get it, really exhausting your muscles and getting that workout while you're at home is awesome. And walking, I definitely live by that. Yeah, I'll, I'm just going to interject here for a second. Uh, seven or eight years ago, uh, when I ran into some health issues, I was in the habit of doing next to nothing uh, physically. I mean, it, it, I wasn't able to play sports like I used to, and so I stopped. Since I couldn't compete like I used to, it got frustrating, and I just didn't do it anymore. And so I was eating about the same as I always did, but I, I wasn't moving, mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't working out. Um, when I ran into these health issues, uh, one of my doctors said, just start walking like, like you guys both spoke to, and do, move your body. Do, do, do those things that are going to get your body into motion. If you're going to if we if we are going to be faithful stewards of what God has given us. And part of what God has given us as a gift is is our body. And so it is an act of worship. It is a Romans 12:1 and 2 kind of thing. It is part of how we are transformed. And so to take care of our bodies which are a temple, uh, Lance as you referred to from that passage in the New Testament, then we have to move it. So since that day, I've tried to walk every day. I've got a step counter on my watch. Uh, I got up to 800 and some days in a row of meeting my goal. And then wow. some things happened I, uh, I, I, that I wasn't able to do it for a few days. And so I started over again. But that's the, the way I'm wired up. I would just encourage people. You don't have to become an Olympic athlete. You mm-hmm. don't have to become a professional football player. Mm-hmm. But move your body. Go, go, go for a walk, especially mm-hmm. With the weather getting nicer yeah. like it is right now. Move. Yep. I try to tell hey, myself. Mike, might I interject? I'm yeah, sorry, please. Emily. I apologize. No, go right ahead. If there are so many websites and things on the, on, on the internet, 30-minute classes, 20-minute, 15-minute workouts, mm-hmm. just Google whatever time limit or area you want to work out, and hundreds of items will come up for you safely and soundly to be able to get efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, including uh, the ministry that you lead, Khalil. You've got during, especially during this season, this coronavirus season of uncertainty. You've been posting a lot of videos on the. Give give a plug on social media. Where do people go to find these little workouts that you're posting on there? Yeah, at Hope Sports WDM, and then at Hope Kids West Des Moines as well WDM on Instagram. We're doing monthly, weekly, and daily workouts. Um, and just get on on there and find something. DM us and let us know what your interests are, and we can find the right type of exercise program for you. So, yeah. so that's that's like out there. And then, Lance, I want to give you a chance too to to plug some stuff because for people who really want to get serious about it, I mean, who are ready to go. Mm-hmm. I know you start with beginners, so I don't mean to suggest you have to somehow graduate in order to be ready for ferals. But what is ferals offering during this season of uncertainty too online? <clears throat> So when this happened, too, we realized, well, we've got to help our people. How do we best help them without them coming to our facility? So we hired a professional video crew to come in and record classes, and we recorded enough to do eight weeks of classes rotating through the first session through the next one. So uh, then we did a lot of Facebook Live videos as well. We realized a lot of people were coming in and watching these and doing classes that had never been in our program. So we created some basic technique videos to show them how to do a jab, how do you do a roundhouse kick, how do you do a cross punch, and then how do you use the, the bands that uh, Khalil was referring to earlier because those are a great way to get your muscles working mm-hmm. for strength training. So 
we've had to kind of adjust and turn, and it's it's been really good. We've had great feedback from people that have been doing these classes. I don't know if Emily's joining with any of those yet or not. But yes, thank you for there. asking. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your experience doing uh, Farrell's videos at home. Yeah, I think it's really great. It keeps the rhythm of what you're used to. I also have a friend who was a bit intimidated to start going to Farrell's or get to a gym. And so it's actually a really good time for someone to Mm -hmm. try stuff out online. So she's been tuning in to the classes provided for the first time. And so uh, it's a really great way to even try something new. So since these are informal conversations and we usually have uh, you know, a format. We do our two minute drill and then we go into a deeper dive. We're already deep diving right yeah. right now. We're, 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 we're into the, cause I wanted to talk about this after we got through the two minute drill, but as the Holy Spirit would have it, here we are. It's interesting. So Khalil, you're doing this since you can't bring kids and coaches to the ministry that you lead here, uh, that is transforming lives. You're going to use video to bring it to them. And Lance, you're doing the same thing with your business mm-hmm. uh, with Ferrell's is you are uh, bringing that to people who can't come to your fitness centers and to your gyms. So this, this is what we're trying to do as a church as well. Our worship mm-hmm. services, our, devo- our daily devotions, our uh, 90 Seconds of Hope and Hope Live, this podcast – all the things that we're doing so that we can stay connected to people and we can give people tools to continue to grow in their faith. And we can give people, just as you're giving people tools to continue to stay physically fit, which is a part. It isn't separate. I always get nervous when people say, well, I've got my spiritual life and then I've got my physical you know, conditioning life mm-hmm. over here and that they're somehow distinctive. But really, if we get it right, uh, Christ stands at the heart of all those things. And so faith, it becomes the heart of our spiritual lives, and Jesus becomes the heart of our spiritual lives. Jesus becomes the heart of our physical fitness, and it just comes out from there. And I know that that is something that you both carry in your hearts as well, is to do things in a Christ-like way as best you can. Amen. Christ-centered approach is what our Hope Sports ministry is based on. And also spreading the gospel to anyone and everyone that loves sports or anyone who doesn't know. We want to share the vision of the church as well as our ministry through sports as a vehicle. And it doesn't have to be someone being the greatest or being competitive. It can be just out and doing fitness and wellness. To me, that is enough to say that you're an athlete when you're taking advantage of what's out there for you and the advantage that our our science and our technology have brought to us in this era, especially with a pandemic around this is a great time to learn about you. That's so well said, Cleo. Lance, I remember way back in the day before Farrell's was in 13 states and had all these different locations, uh, our two boys were in your taekwondo program uh, at Farrell's. I think you had two or three locations in the Des Moines area at the time, uh, and they loved it. I mean, it was a game changer for them uh, on all sorts of levels, but... I remember back then how important it was to you to uh, to bring your faith into your business, to, to let that be the foundation. And I know that continues. Go ahead and speak to that, if you would, just a little bit. How 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 does that play out in the work that you do through through the company that you own? Yeah. So I think the faith, the Christian approach that we have with our business is more of a U two type approach. It's got the meat. It's got the message of good Christian. Uh, faith, good Christian messages, but we don't want to 
have anybody feel like, well, I can't go there because it's just the, the Christian thing. So we don't want to have anybody look at us and say, hey, uh, that's not for me. It's not Christian. But we want to bring the Christian values to it, kind of like U2 does with their music. So uh, one of the things we did with the body shaping is we put Romans 12 2 on the back of the manual. Do not transform or do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and you want God's good, perfect, and pleasing will. That's on the back of our manual, not spelled out, but just Romans 12, 2, so it inspires them to go look at it, look it up and see what it is. The one thing that most people don't know that we did was when we first started this in 2001, I sequestered myself in a hotel in Des Moines, living in West Des Moines, sequestered myself in a hotel in West Des Moines, and just read the Bible every morning and then prayed, and then wrote the manual. So for a week, seven days straight, I did this project, and I completed the entire manual in that time. So I really believe that the, the tool we give our students to use when they start a program was God-breathed. And, I mean, he gets all the credit for any success we have. We're 68 stores, 13 states, but that's because of God. If it was me, we'd have one location. I'd be teaching all the classes myself, you know? <laughs> so God gets all the credit for any success that we have. Yeah, amen. And mm -hmm. Khalil, I know that you've been through the same kind of experience where you and God hang out to try to figure out, okay, God, what what's next? What do I do? You, you've accomplished so much in the sports world, and now for you to so humbly take all of those accomplishments and say, I think God's giving me a, a, a new mission, but put a pin in that because we're getting to that question in the two-minute drill <laughs> in, in just a, a couple of minutes. Uh, but I want you to be thinking about that as, as we go. I yeah. That's what I mean by how it's always inspiring for me to hang out with you guys uh, because, because it's so genuine. It is, you are Christ-centered, and, and like you just said, Lance, that doesn't mean that you have to do it in such a way that it's going to push people away from coming mm -hmm. to, um, to, to work out or being a part of the ministries that you lead, Khalil. We're actually doing this to, to bring the light of God's love through us. Uh, through the values that we share, through the way that you run your business, through the way that you uh, carry out your ministry, through through the mm -hmm. way, Emily, you and I are called to do the same mm -hmm. on a regular basis. So, yeah. all right. So, we pushed the deeper dive into the two-minute drill, but <laughs> I couldn't help it. That was just, it was too good. Uh, the, the fruit was hanging right there. We had to, <laughs> we had to dive in. But let's get back to our two-minute drill because we talked about fitness and moving our bodies. Mm -hmm. But I read something not that long ago that said that's 25% of the battle. 75% of the battle is what we put in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> With that in mind, Emily. Yeah, that's sometimes harder. So yeah. uh, the next question is how can someone think in healthier ways about what they eat? Well, since I've been starting both. You go ahead, Lance. Take us um, I always say you can't outrun your fork. Okay? <laughs> yeah. you just, you that sounds like sounds like my grandpa back in the day. He would uh, say what it. Got to do when it comes to nutrition. Oops, sorry, yeah, sorry, so Lance. We're we're having a little technical difficulty there. I'll, I was just saying it sounds like my grandpa. He used to have this joke where he says, I've got a problem with my elbow. Every time I raise it, my mouth opens, and, and I end up putting all this food down the hatch. So if, if that's my problem. If I just get my elbow fixed, so then I'd be able to lose weight. But uh, you were getting cut off, I think, on our, our feed. So go ahead and start that, that response again, Lance. So to me, it's about planning. If you know, There's all kinds of advice out there on the Internet, as Kalil mentioned. You can see what you need to do. We've got... 
we'll, we're happy to coach people through it, but you just have to know what you're going to eat and plan that out. Uh-huh. And so you're not just grazing or snacking anytime you want. Um, we, we've got to train our bodies to eat when they're hungry and then pick the right foods to eat at the same time. So a lot of people don't have that discipline or they don't apply the discipline that they know they should have doing that. Seems easy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just don't eat this, but eat that. Cleo, what, what, what kind of a difference did nutrition make uh, for you now, but also when you were a professional athlete? I mean, it's a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, planning was definitely something that was a part of it. Um, always keeping um, in mind your, your, your food groups and what you ate for breakfast. So to me, in the morning, fruit and veggies or fruit and grains are great. They get your uh, metabolic and your, um, your digestive system kind of going. For lunch, more greens, green, 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 lettuce, pitas, salads, um, you know, as much healthy vegetables and things as you need. Sandwiches, light meats are really great. Stay away from oily and cholesterol based spreads. And then before a uh, at nighttime, you can eat a, a generous portion. I always say one portion makes a meal, but you can eat a generous portion of you know red meats, fish, chicken, alternating those things. So that you have a balanced meal and you don't get tired of eating those things because it's important that you like what you eat. But it's also important to eat, uh, to live and not live to eat. So mm. daily, figure out what you're going to eat, portion it out, and then know what type of activity you may have to do to burn some calories. There actually is a mathematical equation that talks about calorie intake and calories burned to be able to gain or lose weight. It's an easy Google search, but I think that that's something. The more you know, the better you are able to plan out your meals and then have the discipline to live by it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we are what we eat, and that's sometimes a little bit uh, <laughs> of bad news when, when you think about it. You know, I don't really want to be a potato chip, uh, so <laughs> I think I'd rather be a piece of spinach like Popeye. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks for that word. Emily, you, you also, part of your uh, experience at Farrell's and working out, yeah. it's on the nutrition side too, right? Oh, for sure. So this is a big deal for you, and I know yeah. we've talked about this at various times. Yeah, and for me uh, – what both of you said was uh, true and helpful and it really is a mentality shift, but planning ahead and knowing that you're getting in the right foods is just crucial because otherwise I'm eating queso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's just the stuff that just calls to us, right? Especially yeah. especially during this season of, of so many people staying home. Yes. You're, uh, so many people are suddenly working in the same home where their refrigerator is mm-hmm. uh, or where the food pantry is. And it's so easy to, to get there and just snack mm-hmm. uh, all day long. Uh, I try to remind myself, and again, this was a conversion experience for me uh, years ago when, when I had my health issues that I was born with that were kind of came to the surface. I realized one of the real keys for me, and I hope this helps somebody, is pay more attention to how you're going to feel after you're done eating it mm-hmm. than how you feel before you eat it. Like, oh, I really want to eat this mm-hmm. this terrible thing, you know, this chocolate cheesecakey kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but re- you you know how you're going to feel when you're done eating mm-hmm. that. You know how cruddy you're going to feel. How lethargic. How it's just going to oh, it's going to take all the energy out of you. Compare that to I mentioned before eating spinach or eating eating uh, fruits or vegetables or eating eating some good whole grains, eating something that's going to give you energy mm-hmm. and is going to actually produce a whole different experience. So I try to ask myself, 
when when I'm being good, and I I think I've done okay over the last few years. Uh, lost forty five pounds without even trying mm-hmm. because I was moving, I was walking, and I was pushing away from the table. The things that I used to say, oh, well, that tastes good, so I'll eat it. Instead mm-hmm. of that, and then I was saying, how am I going to feel after I eat this? Mm-hmm. And if it was, oh, that'll feel great after, after I eat it, I started emphasizing those things. And without even trying, I wasn't on a diet. It just started to change my body. Yeah. It started to change the way I was carrying weight. Uh, move and eat healthy. I think those two things are so important. And I think it's funny how they go hand in hand. So I chose to go to Farrell's early in the morning and work out. Well, I knew when I was eating at night, like I need to feel good in the morning yeah. so I can work out hard. Yeah. And uh, so it, it helps doing both. Well, what, ha- what happens is a lot of times we used to eat in certain foods. So, you know, I think younger people, especially, they're attracted to the fast foods for the salt, for the sugar, for the grease, whatever. And you get in the habit, and that tastes good to them. What people don't realize, though, is they have eaten healthy for a while. The healthy food actually starts to taste better. Yes. And then you yeah. get away from the sugary, the really salty stuff. So, like, for example, I used to drink Mountain Dew as a kid. It was terrible. I drank it all the time. <laughs> it was bad. I dropped caffeine. When I was competing hard, I actually quit drinking that stuff. But um, if I, like, would somebody have a Mountain Dew or something, take a drink of that? It's got so much sugar that I can't even stand to drink it now. So my taste buds have changed, and mm-hmm. so that that stuff actually does not appeal to me ever. So mm-hmm. that's yep. a good thing. You can change what your body really wants. Be- yeah. be- because of my health. You also got to be responsible enough to shop intelligently. When you go shopping, instead of buying yeah. those sweets, because you know they're going to be in your pantry, especially mm-hmm. during the time that we're at home, Shop a little bit more uh, on the on the healthy side. That way, you have to go eat those peanuts. You have to go get that celery and peanut butter, those carrots, um, and then again, it will develop a taste for it, and it'll become mm, yummy carrots for lunch again. It, it's true. <laughs> it's it's really true. Uh, I can't have caffeine anymore. It it has a bad uh, mix with one of the medicines that I have to take for this heart condition I was born with, and so I haven't had caffeine for seven years, mm. uh, at least not on purpose. Uh, and so no chocolate, no, no caffeinated drinks, uh, none of those things. At first, it was awful. It was like, oh, my goodness. And now people look at me like, are you serious? You haven't had chocolate for seven years? I don't even – I honestly don't even miss it anymore. And you are so serious about that. I'm very serious about it. Well, there's a lot riding on it. So, that, that, I mean, that, that helps a lot. So, yeah, you know, they, they, they really don't have a choice, and that makes it a lot easier. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, this is not the official stance of the Pastor Mike Drop podcast that everybody <laughs> should give up chocolate and, um, you know, any kind of caffeinated drinks, not at all. But it, it was something I had to do. Yes. And it is true. I actually like broccoli now. Uh-huh. I actually truly do. And I hated it before. Yeah. So you develop a taste yeah. for the good stuff. Uh, retrain your body. It's a temple. Yeah. Last question in our in our twenty minute drill. We should call it. Yeah. Uh, Khalil, this one is to you. Why does Hope offer a sports ministry for kids and coaches and even adults? Yeah, I think um, everybody's experience in sports has been different. Like you said, Lance got injured um, in high school and really had uh, his mindset and his heart set on playing at the collegiate level. Um, I think that everybody's experiences uh, kind of shape who they are going to be um, when it comes to just being competitive, their work ethics, um, how they approach mind, body, and spirit. Um, And so when we can 
install instill the right values in let's start with young people early um we may not be able to change the 50 year old ex-basketball player um, but we may be able to change the eight-year-old girl soccer player and get her to put Jesus first and knowing that he will fulfill all the promises that are out there that are in the New and Old Testament and as well as fulfill the promises that she has for herself. You have to have order. And in that regimented approach, which it seems pretty regimented, um, there is grace. And so you can fail, you can fall short, um, but it's still living in the, the spirit and not in the flesh. And so for our ministry, we're trying to get kids to see beyond the championships, see beyond the trophies, see beyond the participation and see the value in fellowship, in leadership, in uh, community, in hard work and in sacrifice and selflessness. Those are the attributes of the greatest players and leaders in our world. And if we can instill those in kids and in their parents, and then in the referees and in the coaches. Yes. Well, that's our community. We change the community by insisting that we put Jesus as the focus of our um, our dreams. Uh, mm-hmm. What better dream is it to have the King of all kings lead you to your promised land and his? And I think our ministry is just intent on putting God at the center the center instead of some basketball or football. Yeah. Now everybody can see why you're leading this ministry, Cleo. That was so well articulated. We It was a few years ago, uh, before I even knew you, Cleo, that Pastor Jeremy and I and Emily, I, I know you were involved mm-hmm. in, in some of these, these conversations. And I'm a big fan of sports. I mean, it's been a big part of my life, big part of our kids' lives. <laughs> Uh, I see the value in it. I know what it's done for me. I know what it's done for our kids. Uh, but sometimes we lose our balance uh, when it comes to youth sports and and the emphasis that we put on things that really shouldn't be at the core uh, of those things. And, and the life lessons we're teaching kids by putting something other than Christ at the center of our pursuit of these victories and the pursuit of these scholarships even or the pursuit is as if that was the ultimate goal in life was was to achieve some sort of athletic success mm-hmm. it's funny uh, you know we started as, with an icebreaker almost jokingly talk about our athletic highlights right and it's fun to talk about and it's fun to remember but when it's all said and done none of that stuff mm. none of that stuff compares to the value of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. I remember my dad told me this once when I was a kid. He says, Mike, I can teach you how to throw a ball. I can teach you um, values that come from teamwork in sports. Sports were big for my dad, too. He was all-state basketball player in Alaska uh, growing up. Actually, all-territory, because it wasn't a state yet uh, back in the pioneer days. Uh, But he says, I I can teach you these things. I I want you to pursue sports if that's your passion. If it's not, he was... He was almost a hippie about these things. He's like, if it's not, then don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to force it on you. But I developed my own passion for these, for these things. And he encouraged it, but he didn't push it. And I think that's so key for parents. Encourage it without pushing it. Uh, make sure you don't turn your kids into human doings instead of human beings, right? Let, mm-hmm. let them be children of God first and foremost. Because my dad said, mm-hmm. I can teach you how to throw a ball. I can teach you teamwork. I can teach you... Uh, put you in situations where you'll learn these things. I can teach you right from wrong. But the greatest thing I can pass along to you is a relationship with God. 
through Jesus Christ. The greatest thing that I can give you is something that's going to last forever. And to plant those seeds of faith um, that, you know, it's, it's a tough world. And so, you know, sometimes parents feel bad about that. They're like, well, I, I tried and my kids don't necessarily embrace their faith like I wish they would as they grow up. Yeah, but you planted the seeds. Mm-hmm. You planted the seeds. And that's all we can do as parents. And, and you made it a, a priority for them. And you brought them to the services of God's house. And you taught, taught them the foundations of the faith. And so guess what? That's what's in their core. Mm-hmm. And hopefully someday, and this is what we pray for, they'll peel back those layers and they'll find that again. I'm so glad that you're leading the ministry that you do. And Lance, I'm so glad that you're doing the work that you do as a stealth minister of the gospel out there in the world, letting your light shine. Because you're both in areas of athletics where people are striving and are hanging out and are wanting to find life. And you're helping them develop those things. But you both carry something deeper, you know, and, and, and you carry something more. And as a church, that's what we're trying to do uh, by bringing all these things together and, and finding the synthesis of these things. We're trying to live up to what Scripture calls us to do, which is to honor our bodies as temples, but also to the verse that you have at Farrell's, Romans 12, 2, mm-hmm. to be transformed. Sports ultimately isn't going to give us anything that's going to last forever, mm-hmm. but Jesus Christ will. Uh, and so we want to we want to take advantage of these opportunities and go to where people are, and bring the gospel into those places. So uh, I see we're out of time. I wish we had more time, but uh, this has been a really fun conversation. And I hope yeah. those of you who are tuning in that you pulled something out of that. That you you see two really accomplished athletes here mm-hmm. uh, who are living for something more, who have who have found that light in Jesus Christ. And I I hope that you would be encouraged and inspired to pass that on to future generations. Um, Dive in. I mean, get involved in all these things. They're they're wonderful. But don't let it become your God. Uh, Don't let it become the thing that's that's bigger than everything else. We close every episode with a mic drop moment. Just means something we learned along the way in the conversation. Every good conversation, you know, something happens where it's like, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to I'm going to pull something out of that Mm -hmm. somewhere along the way. So, Emily, what was what was a mic drop moment for you today? What did you learn? Yeah, well, I think uh, we talked about some awesome practical ways to to move your body or to eat healthier. And uh, for me, Khalil, at one point you mentioned grace and still having grace for yourself. And I think that that is really key. I can't give up chocolate for seven years. <laughs> and that's okay. Nor I, should you. Uh-huh. Right. Enjoy and it. So if, I, if I could, I would. Yeah. So I think in the mix of those things for anyone just looking to uh, improve their health or start their health journey, that that's still important. It's still okay to take your own steps along the way. But the important part is to take the steps. Yes. Well said, sister. Lance, <laughs> uh, mic drop moment for you today. Something you learned in our conversation? Well, my wife wouldn't survive giving up chocolate for seven years like you, you have. <laughs> I learned that, but... Um, what, what I probably the biggest thing is, and Khalil, I think, knows this, but he's planting seeds not only with the coaches, but for these kids to be future coaches and yeah. leaders of their team. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing is going to last for years and years after you're gone because these people are going to become the leaders that they're seeing in you right now. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, is the biggest impact of this entire cast today. Mm-hmm. Well said, Lance. How about you, Khalil? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say the same thing on Lance. Like, like for a guy who had aspirations to play collegiate football and got injured, to pick up another sport and become Olympic level is a lesson for all of us, especially those of at home during this virus, those of us who have missed a season, a championship, a game, the opportunity to be recruited. Maybe you were a junior on the bench and now you're a senior and you had this year planned out and the virus took it away. Look at Lance Farrell. He's changed sports. He changed focus. He never lost faith. And now he is serving so many others. It can be done with God as your center. Well said. Yeah. My mic drop moment today is just, it just completely uh, explodes off of the screen from you guys. It's passion. (laughs) Mm. And so in this COVID-19 season, uh, you guys have not lost your passion. Everything's changed. Everything, mm-hmm. in so many levels, things have changed for us. The way we function, the way we live, the way we run businesses, the way we lead ministries, uh, the, the way we do church, the way we do life. Everything has changed on so many levels, but there are certain things that this virus cannot touch, mm-hmm. and passion is one of them. And if there's a passion, like the passion that just, just exudes off of the two of you guys, uh, a passion for Jesus Christ, a passion for people, a passion to make connections between Christ and those people and also Christ-like values that you guys talk about in coaching and uh, clinics and sports, Khalil, and, and, and leading classes online right now, uh, both you guys, Lance, that you do that through Ferrell's. The passion just pours out of you guys. And I want to encourage uh, everybody who's tuning into this episode today, hold on to those things that this virus can't take away because they're deeper. Mm. Uh, they're, they're bigger than the stuff that it has stolen from us temporarily. And it isn't, that isn't going to last, but the things God gives us, the opportunities to love one another, the opportunities to be faithful and to keep that faith and to hold on to hope, the opportunities to, uh, continue to pursue our passions, uh, even though it's not as convenient maybe as it was and the, the things that we've taken for granted, we're going to embrace when we get back to them. Hold on to those passions, hold on to those things that God has called you to be. Keep being you. Khalil, Lance, I know you guys will keep being you. You, you're, you are two of my heroes. Thank you. Emily, you too. You are a hero of mine. <laughs> Thank you for being you. Uh, to the new Pew Studio crew, thanks, guys, for being you. Uh, and uh, thanks for uh, rolling with us today, everybody. We really appreciate you tuning in and, uh, and just sitting down at the table with us and uh, pulling up a Pastor Mic Drop mug, which we're going to have available yeah. Uh, in the not-too-distant future, so watch for that. We're going to sell them at cost, don't worry. Uh, but but we, uh, we hear that people seem to notice our mugs, so there you have it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. God loves you. We love you. Keep the faith and take care of yourselves. Take care of your bodies, too. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in today to the Pastor Mike Drop podcast. We would invite you on whatever app you are on to rate and review us to help get the word out. And in the meantime, if you can join us for worship, we would love to have you. We'll see you there. Oh, I'm the typical.